You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Uh, Real quickly, uh, if you've ever been in the military, raise your hand real quickly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, get up here real quick. Come on. If you've been in the military, get up here real quick. Come on. Come on. Get it. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Just just stand up here. Stand up here. I I know you don't know what's going on, but that's okay. All right. Uh, We know. I I was in the Marine Corps. Not that I'm bragging, you know, but anyway, (laughs) sorry. It just comes out every now and then. And uh, Cameron, will you come up here? Sydney, come on. Come on. Cameron's going in the military. Oh, boy. This is his last Sunday in this church. He's going to basic, leaving the 14th. And so, no, don't, we're, we're going to pray for him. We're going to pray for you too. We're going to bless you. Come on in here, guys. Because they know. You understand? They know. They know. So if you feel so led after your experience, do you think someone needs God in the military? Amen. Say amen. amen. All right. I found, yeah. Look at the church. All right. So if someone wants to pray, pray. Just Father, we just ask that you just bless these two. Yes. Going into the military. Yes. Father, just give him the strength to make it through. Just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Somebody else. Father, we ask that we bring to him unknown favor. Oh, yes. Strange thing to ask, but in the military, you don't want to be known for certain things, but you want favor. We know that. You'll do a good job. You'll respond. And your superiors will see that, and they will put you in position so you can excel. Father, we want to thank you for this, Father, that you will lead him and guide him. And in days when he's tired, he knows you're his strength. In days that he's weak, yes, he sir. knows you, you are his strength. And he will look to you, and he will remember who his true provider is. And Father, we give you praise. We give you glory for what you're doing in our life. And we press that into him right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for, the, for those that are here that have served and passing on their wisdom. Father, I thank you right now that you have what you've planned for him is great. Yes. Nothing okay. short and great. I thank you for the experiences he's going to experience. That he'll make decisions and then he'll make those decisions good. And, get, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. What are you going into? Air Force. Amen and Amen. Alright, I, I tell you, it's so fun to be home. I I, I, I don't know if it was ever said, and I don't know if anybody took the decorations that are in front of you, uh, if, just like decorations, but when I walked in, and I don't move, excuse me, I shouldn't say it that way, uh, there's a normal, uh, uh, there's kind of a way that we've accepted that people move in the prophetic, and, and, and 
I really believe God moves in the prophetic in so many other ways than what we're used to. And I walked in here and I said, oh my goodness, I've got presence on earth. <laughs> and I got presence in the heaven. There are presence on earth. And there's, wait a minute, let me do it this way. There's spirit, there's gifts on earth. And there's gifts in the spirit. Just waiting to be taken. No one's taken them yet. They're spiritual gifts. I've never seen. I walked in, I mean, I know who was involved in that. And I can't say her name, but Ann really does have a gift. And, <laughs> and I don't know if she knew that she was prophetically <laughs> manifesting in her gift right. when she decorated the platform. Because you need to understand that there are some spiritual gifts that are just waiting for you to take. That's already been provided. Service is over. Let's go home. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I just I like that. So so whoever's going to take down this platform, you may want to label those and go. I want this spiritual gift and take it. Yeah. Amen. Uh, let me tell you a little story before we get into the message. Of course, and don't don't if you've never heard us share whatever, uh, we've been accused of chasing rabbits and going down. Listen, this is not this is not a what do we call it an organized tour. You know, this is like a field trip. People ask me, describe your ministry. Well, it's not, a, it's not organized. <laughs> it's like, a, oh, look, a bunny. <laughs> we go this way, you know what I'm saying? Oh, a coon. You know, we go, you know it's, it's like a field trip. So we're going to go on a field trip, but we're going to start the field trip with, uh, we were dri- we've been driving a, a long, long time. We, we left from Minnesota. And if you don't know that, that's where we live now. We live in Minnesota. And we went through North Carolina down to Florida and then Florida over to here. And we go down to, we're going to go down to Fairfield, Texas next week and then back up to Cooper the next week. And we'll be here the next two Wednesday nights. So if if you don't have anything to do, and listen, even if you like that TV program, just press record. You know, you you can watch it later. And come on Wednesday night. You know, there's, there's nothing like getting live word. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can, you can record the TV. It's already recorded. You don't know that. It's not live, but there's something like live word. But, but uh, come the next two Wednesday nights, and, and, and let's just, let's, you know, the word is explained as uh, rhema and logos. But really, it's not, logos is not the written word on paper. I mean, we say that. That's just, just a, but it, it's, that's not it. It's the, it's the wisdom and the logic that comes through the written word. The written word is full of God's wisdom and logic of his kingdom and the way God thinks and the way he breathes and his heart for us is in, in the Logos. And so Wednesday night we're going to talk about, you know, God's word. Amen. The wisdom and the logic, how we can apply it and use it in our life. But we were, we were coming over from Florida and uh, when we got into the Texarkana area, it was dark. And, you know, we were waiting, you know, we're coming across, coming up and over, go, go this way. And, and it was dark. And I've traveled many miles in my life. I'm going to try to speed this up, but it's a good story. 
And, and I've traveled many, 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 many. I've been up and down. There's not too many roads I haven't been on in my life, you know, in the middle part of the United States. And, and I'm pretty good at highway driving. And, and I can proudly say, and my wife knows that I don't have any pride, but, but uh, I don't really have a problem with directions. I don't have a problem with directions. I mean, built in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, well, you don't. And, and so we're, we're driving through Texar, Texarkana, and we're, we're headed west. And, and I've never missed a, uh, I shouldn't say never. You know, I might have missed a, oh, let's turn around and go back to that. Here's the story. It's really dark. And we get to Paris. And we go through Paris almost twice a year. But we're going from the south to the north. You know, and there's a loop around Paris, and, and we're coming east, we're going from east to west now into Paris. And so I get into Paris, and I'm driving, you know, I've got, I like this, you know, and I'm listening to this great teacher that is full of wisdom and revelation and, and, and the power of God flowing through his ministry. I was listening to one of my old tapes, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> I, and I was listening to, I, I wanted to hear what I sounded like, you know, and I'm, I'm like, what do, I, what do I sound like? I said, okay, you're a hick, man. You know, you know, no wonder you're not on TV, you know. And uh, I'm listening to this. Listen, I'm driving. I'm in Paris, Texas, and Joy's over there, and she's, you know, she's taking up an offering, you know, and I'm preaching, and you know, and I'm, and we're, and all of a sudden I realize, man, Paris, you know, Paris has really grown. You realize, I mean, it's a big city. I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, we've been in Paris for just driving. Wow. Like, and Joy goes, well, honey, we've seen that store before. And I went, wait a minute. No, I've counted at least eight Whataburgers. <laughs> eight Whataburgers in Paris. Just in that little, the town of, I'm going, Whataburger after what? It really, and it dawned on me, wait a minute. I've just been going around the loop. <laughs> man, Paris had two and three malls. I'm like, man, Paris is just, I'm just, I, just, I, I could have been here who knows how much earlier. I'm just, got caught up in the loop. Now, see, that I preach if I wanted to, but I'm not going to preach on that. You know, getting caught up in the, in the regular routine of life, not getting off. Right. Not getting out of it when you're supposed to. See, that's good preaching, isn't it? <laughs> Life is full of good preaching yeah. if you just listen to it. True. But that's not the message. And I did exaggerate. That was evangelistically speaking a little bit, but I did see a lot of Whataburgers. <laughs> not too much. But we got over to Bonham, and there's this humongous accident. They had fire trucks. There was car. We, you know where I'm, you know where I'm going. We calculated the time. The ambulances were just showing up. We calculated the time it took to go around. We only went around the loop once. I mean, twice. I mean, you know what I'm saying. We calculated the time it took for us to go around Paris, Texas, and we would have been in the accident. You know, it's easy to praise God Amen. when you know what He's done. 
but I think it's high time we start praising God for the things He's done that we don't know that He's done. Come on, church. Come on. You don't know the things He's kept you from. Oh, think about And you know good and well, everybody in here has stories like that. Come on. God's worthy of your praise. Come on, church. Come on. I'm just saying, just thought I'd share that. Amen and amen. All right. Uh, last time we were here, it was on Communion Sunday, and I was really impressed. I didn't know it was Communion Sunday this Sunday. And I was going to share some other things that were in my heart, but when I found out it was Communion Sunday, I really said, oh my goodness, Dylan told I said, maybe I should change what I was going to share on. So we're going to talk a little bit about communion and helpfully show you some things in Scripture that is not, not, uh, hasn't been made no, known about communion. And please don't, if you come, how can I say this? If you come from a religious background, which most of you do. <laughs> uh, communion, I've been involved in, in whole city organizations where they try to be in unity with everybody, in unity in the, in the, in the town. All the churches get, and it gets real good, and gets real close until they get to communion. And then the divisions happen. And so when I share on communion this morning, uh, a little bit I'm sharing on communion this morning. Don't let it, if, if, if I say something you don't like, I'm not here to convince you what I know is right. I'm just here to get to challenge what you know and to get you to think about what you know so the great teacher, the Holy Spirit, can come and teach you. But, but what the church has been celebrating about communion, I'm not saying is wrong. I'm just saying, as Paul Harvey said, and the The rest of the story. What we're supposed to be celebrating at communion. Communion to me. Now, if you don't know me from when we were here before, I'm a little bit different. And communion to me should be a party. Yep. I mean, I've been Methodist. I've been Baptist. I've been Assembly of God. I've been, I've been nothing. I've been something. You know, anyway. <laughs> And, and the Methodists had it, I mean, it was very reverent, uh, very sad. People would cry. And, and I just don't see that. You know, do this in remembrance of me. And we're talking about the body and the blood this morning. And we're going to read some scriptures that are absolutely communion scriptures that never get read about communion. Amen? And these will all be in accordance with the remembrance of Him in His body and His blood. Amen? And so that's where we're going this morning. And we're going to start here in Hebrews chapter 10. If you put Hebrews chapter 10 verse 9 on the screen in the New King James. Boy, I love to hear those pages turn. You know, even if they put it on the board for your convenience, do me, the fav do me a favor. Just get a pad of paper and just start 
thumbing through it, read it up there, but make, I wish they had an app. Is there, you know, you know that, that when they change it, it, it sound like someone's turning some, someone invent that for me. And, and I guarantee you every preacher would buy it for their church. Because everybody's doing this. And anyway, I'll get off on that. Hebrews chapter 10. Now this is, again, this, we're going to do a little, it, it's, it's more of a field trip and, and uh, we could get all excited and pumped. I love preaching and I love teaching. This is going to be more of a teaching, not a preaching. It's going to teaching, preaching, and a preacher, teacher, you know, it's, it's more on the teacher side. Got it? So bear with me here. Uh, first one we're going to talk about is Hebrews chapter 10 verse 9. Now, and we literally could preach, we could teach for a long time just in this section of the book of Hebrews. Who was the book of Hebrews written to? It was written to the Hebrews. What kind of mindset did the, the, did the Hebrew people have in their life? They had the law. They came from a system of legalized religion. Does everybody understand that what I'm saying? Did anybody else come from a system of legalized religion? You know, uh, organized religion? You know, the, the culture of the Jewish people, God put, put that on them for a reason, but they came with that mindset. And Jesus came and told the, told the Jews, do you realize Jesus, and I know you know this, but Jesus came to the, to the Jews. What He had to say during His lifetime most of it was for the Jews. He told the Jews to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's the word repent mean? Change the way you think so you can live. Say live. live. So you can live different because the way they were thinking had generated a way of life. And so Jesus came and said, listen, there's a, there's a way that I want you to live, but you're not going to be able to live that way on earth until you change the way you think. And so he went around all Galilee teaching in the synagogues the message of the kingdom of heaven that's on this earth. That was the message that Jesus had for the people called the Jews. The kingdom of heaven was never a message, was a message they had never heard. So he was challenging what they knew and the way they thought so they could live in another kind of life. Remember, and again, our, our heart, join our heart in our ministry is not about, it's about sharing the gospel. And the gospel is not about making bad people good. So if you come from a if you come from a denomination or a religion that made you all, if you in your mind or in your heart think that the Bible is about you becoming better than you are, or how can I say, the gospel is about bringing life to dead people. Yes. Not religion. Not rules and regulations. The gospel is about bringing life to dead people. You know, it, it's not about us living in a way that we're going to increase in life and go to heaven someday. It's about us finding hell on earth and bringing heaven to it. 
That's our job as believers. A job of, of believers is not to get out of here. There's nothing wrong with anticipating a second coming and a rapture. You know, in a millennial reign, nothing wrong with that. But while we're here, our job is not to get out of here. Our focus should be to find hell on earth and bring heaven to it. That take what God, seeing ourselves in heavenly places, see most of us are trying to work our way to heaven. That's religion. That's the old way of thinking. That's what the Jews were. You realize salvation to a Jew wasn't even about going to heaven? How come the South, man, I'm really taking a rabbit trail here. <laughs> See, it's a field trip. You never know what you're going to find on a field trip. <laughs> you know, the, to, to a Jew, salvation, when Jesus said that you shall be saved, you know, telling people that they shall be saved, he wasn't talking about going to heaven. The Jews never had to understand. They were looking forward to a Messiah coming to save them from the rule of the Romans. They were looking for a king to set up a kingdom. But everything we hear in the gospel is about getting out of here. Did Jesus come as a getter out of here or a Messiah? Does His teaching teach us how to get out of here or how to rule and reign and how to be effective here? Even the prayer of Jesus. Matter of fact, we're way off course. I'm sorry, but this bus just took a left hand turn. Dang it. Yeah, even the how many Lord's prayers are there? See, now you're starting to think. So say, 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 how many are you told there are? How many is church focus on? Our Father. That's one. Under the old covenant, He taught the Jews how to pray that way. Under the new covenant, he took the same 12 disciples and said, listen, in that day, I'm not going to be with you. He said, there's going to be coming a day when I'm not with you. And in, talking about the, after his resurrection and ascension into heaven, he said, and in that day, pray this way, what have you asked the Father, asking my name? So is that a Lord's Prayer? That's just as powerful as the first one. But how come we're stuck on the first one? Now, if we could just understand really what was in Jesus' heart when he prayed, it would help us. John chapter, put, put John chapter 17 on the board, I think starting at verse 20. I just want you to, I know we've talked about this before, but this is the Lord's Prayer. This is the prayer that the Lord spoke to his Father right before he went to Calvary. This is really the heart of Jesus on earth. This is why the gospel is real. This is why Jesus was sent as a baby wrapped in a main, put in a main. This is what, matter of fact, I'm so, I, I got, this is something we were, you know, Christmas time we're always focused on the, the birth of Christ. I, 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 I know most of you probably know this, but Christmas really, December 25th really isn't the birth of Jesus. I was blessed this, this past December 15th to be speaking to a group of people 
on the 15th. And really, according to everything that's out there, in the middle of the month of what we call December, around the 15th, Christmas really celebrates the conception of Jesus, not the birth. Now, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Merry Christmas! But people perish for lack of we need to understand what we do. And it's really, really according to history and according to everything that's in Scripture, it's really the conception of Jesus that we should be celebrating in December. So the question, you know, when you get around some, did you, did you hang around somebody on the 26th and you ran up to them and what, as a little kid, well, what'd you get for Christmas? You ever do that? What'd you get for Christmas? Well, I was able to share in front of a group of people, and God gave me a word. Says, ask them, oh, what was conceived in you at Christmas? See, the word was conceived at Christmas. Not the gift wasn't given. See, we're so focused on gifts. You can't have a gift. You can't have the manifestation without having a conception. I don't know if you got that. Yeah. What was conceived in you? Let me for, forget. What's being? Is there anything being conceived in you right now? Mm-hmm. Are you? Is your heart in a way that you're allowing the Holy Spirit to conceive? Was Jesus conceived in Mary? Absolutely, at Christmas. Oh. I do not pray for these alone. This is the Lord's prayer. I'm not saying don't, if, if, you, if you fall back, oh, our Father heart and heaven. But listen, why don't you start praying? Okay, I'll just leave that alone. Oh, you already, you're quick. She's already got that flashed up there. Let's go back to the scripture. You can't have a manifestation without a conception. You know, as most of us know in life, you can't have a test without a testimony without a test. You can't have a message without a without a. You got to go through something to have a breakthrough. You can't have a breakthrough without going through. Come on. Anyway, I do not pray for these alone. This is the Lord's prayer, but also for those who believe in me through their word. That they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. See, this, this is the importance. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting back to what I was going to share originally. <laughs> this is the importance of what it means. And I'm not saying, don't say be born there's nothing wrong with the phrase being born again. But you, you know really what the translation says? Born from above. Amen. See, that, add, that adds a different... Born again just means like, well, how, what? How, how can a man go... See, that's what Nicodemus did. He couldn't handle... But see, Nicodemus really didn't hear the words born again. He, he really heard the words born from above. 
We need to realize the importance of being born from above because when you're birthed, you're birthed, actually even when you're conceived, but when you're birthed, you're birthed with the DNA of your, where you come from. So if you're just on earth and you've been born, <laughs> you're coming from Adam. You have the DNA. Adam was created man and became human. God didn't create humans. God created man in His own image, and the Spirit of God was in Adam at the beginning. Adam fell and lost the Spirit of God and just became a hue of a man. Just an outside representation of what supposed to be the whole. It's just a hue of a color. He was, God didn't create, God, the scripture says He created man, and man became a human. So without the Spirit of God, you cannot be man. But when, no matter how hard you try or how big the buck is you shot, and I've been bragging all year that I got two dough this year right to the heart with one arrow. Not with two arrows, but you know what I'm saying. I, I, I like to exaggerate things a little bit. But you know what I'm saying. For all them hunters out there, they're going, oh, they're good. <laughs> but anyway. But see, but when you, see, and God made everything to reproduce after its own kind. Trees reproduce after? So anybody born after Adam is reproduced without the Spirit of God in them. After His own God. That's why Jesus had to come so we would have an opportunity to be born now from above. And now that you're born from above you now have the Spirit of God in you, and now you're of the same kind. That's why Adam's wife came from his DNA. Adam's wife came from his rib that God formed his wife, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. We shall be what? One. One. Wait a minute. that they may be, God can only be one with someone of the same kind. See the purpose you were born from above is so now that you can be one with them and them being one with you and you can walk on earth as one of them. See, most people think salvation is just about your sins being forgiven so you can go somewhere. No, salvation is about you becoming one. And when the scripture says that the ungodly shall be judged, he's not talking about your actions. Ungodly simply means the ones that are unlike God. What does unlike God mean? Not of the same kind. So if you're of the same kind, Jesus is saying that He's going to come back for a bride and sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb because we are going to be joined with Him in oneness because if you're born again or born from above, you are now of the same kind. And Jesus can only marry like Adam. His wife could only come from of the same kind. 
See, the gospel is more than about just living in a way to go to heaven someday. The gospel is about being joined with God and being the bride of Jesus, the bride of Christ for all eternity in oneness with Him. Well, that's the gospel. Let's just listen to the let's just, let's just listen to the prayer of Jesus. And I got a question: Do you think God answered His prayer? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if He didn't, we're all in trouble. <laughs> that they may they all may be one, as you Father are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. Why? So we can go to heaven? No. That the world may know. See, you becoming one with them and them with you, you becoming part of what God is doing in His family on this earth is for the benefit of the earth. It's not for the benefit of you. Why? That we can go up in the rapture? Is that what it says? No. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent. The way you live, not the church you go to, not the denominational trophies you hang on your your mantle, but the way you live with this understanding should tell the world how much God loves the world, not the fear. I never understood why the churches talk so much about fear, fear of God. I know you've heard that message, but doesn't perfect love cast out all? Fear. Someone's mixing somebody, something's throwing something in your soup you're not supposed to eat. Yeah. Chili cook-off coming up, that's what I said there. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. Next verse. And the glory. Say glory. glory. Which you gave me, I have given them. Who's already gotten the glory? Those that believed in the words. That's you. Quit asking for the glory. Send us your glory, Lord. Oh, that's why I'm not a worship leader. But anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> you already got it. Yes. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Yes. You need to realize that all of God put all of His glory in you to manifest it on. He doesn't need His glory in heaven. He needs it on earth. That's why you're here. Wait a minute. And the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are. Everybody say it. Next verse. I am them and you in me that they may be made what? In one. Quit trying to be perfect. You already? See, God answered his prayer. And that the, wait a minute, that heaven would know? No. That the world may know that you have sent me. 
and have loved them. See, we're just, we're, we'll stop with that. Listen, the whole reason that God sent the Ten Commandments to us is Jews. God's always trying to, see, Adam, we'll do this real quick. God wanted His manifestation of His glory to be on earth. And so He created Adam in the garden and all the, everything He created. And then man messed it up. And then God wanted His glory to be on earth. And, and his, the way He loved people to, to be manifested on earth. And so He gave the children of Israel out of bondage of how to be free. The Ten Commandments starts this way in Exodus chapter uh, 20 verse 1. says, uh, 1 and 2 says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and the house of bondage. So if you're not in the house of bondage, what are you in now? Freedom! If you're not in bondage now, you're in freedom. And so the Ten Commandments wasn't how to go to heaven, it was how to stay free on earth. How to stay free. And the, and the New Covenant says, says, stand fast in the what? Liberty in which Christ has made us free. This, this gospel is not about living in a way to go to heaven. It's how to live free and full of glory and manifesting in the spiritual gifts so the whole world will know that God loves the world, that it's peace on earth, good will towards all men. Just not those that believe in Him. But His love is for all men. And the only way they're going to know that is if we live a life. God's always wanted a group of people that would live in a culture that would bring Him glory. How are you living? No guilt, no condemnation. I'm just asking, are you living in a way that the world around you, I'm not talking about the people in Africa. I'm talking about your neighbors. Are you living in a way that's bringing God glory on earth? Are you just adding spiritual principles to an ungodly way of living? Have you died to your life and accepted His? Christianity is not about you adding Jesus to your life. Christianity is about you dying to your life and stepping into the life that He has for you. Are you being... Are, are, and, and I, the word glory literally means the, man, the God's reality. It's his, his realm of... It's what He expects. It's His view and opinion. Are you li in your life... When you look in the mirror, do you see God's view and opinion? Quit looking at the physical. Amen. Look at the heart. Amen. Is your heart full of peace? Are you in love? Is God, do you experience God? Listen, the fear of God will keep you from the love of God. The fear of God will keep you from hearing the Word of God. Mary had fear in her heart. The ver Christmas story, right? Mary had fear in her heart and couldn't receive the Word of the Lord. How do we know that? Because the angel said, fear not! <laughs> that's, that's deep theology. you got to go to Bible school for stuff like that. See, as long as she had fear in her heart, she couldn't receive the Word. So God had to deal with the fear so she could receive. Oh. And as long as the world has fear in their heart. See, the Jews had fear in their heart. They weren't scared of the devil. They were scared of God. So Jesus came in and said, repent. Change the way you think. Do you realize Jesus didn't come to tell them more about God to the Jews? 
Jesus, see, they knew God and they were afraid. Jesus came to the Jews to tell them about the Father. And they couldn't handle it. They wanted to kill him. Yeah. Heresy! You might be hearing some things in the recent past or in the present or in the recent future that might challenge what you believe. And you may need just to repent and change the way you think. If you can't see God as Father, you may need to repent. If you can't see God as a loving Father in your life that's put in His Spirit inside of you so you could be His children, if you're still trying to work for His approval, you may need to repent. If you still think you can do something to make God love you more, you may need to repent. Change the way you think. If you still think that your life is a determination whether you go heaven or hell, you may need to repent. Because it's Jesus' life and your belief in it that determines whether you're a son or a daughter who can live in victory on earth. We all need to repent. Man, that was a field trip. All right, that was... Well, he, I'm sorry, well, let's go to Hebrews chapter... Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. We'll do this real quick. I know everybody's got stuff to do, and I don't care, so we'll just go. No, just kidding. I didn't, did I say that out loud, Joy? you got to remember. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. We need to understand. Oh, that's how all this started. You really can't read these verses that I'm going to read to you without reading the verses that surround it, especially the ones that say, therefore. Whenever you start reading a scripture and you start with therefore, you really need to go back up and read what they were talking about because that is, you can't understand that without that. And so the book of Hebrews is written to whom? Hebrews had a, a way of thinking that Jesus had been telling them to repent, change the way they think. So when the book of Hebrews is written, it's written with a, in, a, in a different covenant to people that had a mindset that weren't conducive to the covenant. Can I say it that way? Kind of like today in church, we have new covenant believers with old covenant mentalities. You know, we've accepted a new covenant gospel, but we still think that we're under the old. See, that's our problem. We don't separate the covenants. We've said this for years, and I'll say it again. You know, you got to separate the covenants. One covenant says, kill your enemies. The other covenant says, love. and what's the church love? What's the church do? We love to kill our enemies. Yeah, okay. All right. That's what happens when you mix the covenants. Got to separate them. Okay, verse 9. I'll just read this real quick. It says, uh, I'll go verse 8. I'm sorry. Verse 8. Previously saying, sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire. Now, wait a minute. Who started that program? Have you ever thought about that? This is saying that God didn't desire sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings, and offerings for sin. Who started that program? God did. Who took it? Somebody took it and made it for something it wasn't meant for, called man. See, whenever man gets involved with something, we screw it up. God gave the earth to man, and what did man do? He screwed it up. God started a way of living that would bring him glory on earth, and what did man do? 
We screwed it up. God gives us His Word, and what do we do with it? I tell you, when man, God gave the children of Israel an old covenant, and what did they do with it? They screwed it up. <sighs> Previously, say, see, God started this system of sacrifice, but that wasn't the purpose. That wasn't the end goal. That wasn't the reason was to develop a system around sacrifices and burnt offerings. No, it says sacrifices and burnt offerings uh, of sin you did not desire nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the that wasn't what God's intent was. Next verse. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will. So what is the will, O God? What is God's will? He takes away the, the first covenant and establishes the That's God's will. I know that may hurt your theology if you didn't come, if you hadn't been in this, if you've been in this church probably, well, a week you've probably heard that. Because this uh, church understands that. Takes away the first that he may establish the second. Next verse, key verse. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the what? There's your communion. There's your communion. That's one. That's one. By the body. When, next time you have communion at this church and you hold up, when Jesus said, this is my body, there it is. This is my body. You've been sanctified. The new covenant has been established through the breaking of His. The old covenant has been what? Taken away. And the new covenant been established through His body. Is that a sad thing? Is that a happy thing? Oh, yeah. It almost sounds like we're starting to set the atmosphere for a party. See, if I had time to prepare, the, the worship team would already be up here. The balloons would be in the ceiling. Be a big net holding up all the balloons. And we'd be having something kind of like a new covenant celebration. <laughs> Instead of a new year, a new covenant celebration. Everybody having a, whoo, whoo. You ain't got any of those left over? Whew, they'd be blowing it like this, having a party. You know, it'd be, and again, if you don't like this, that's okay. If you want to stay real sad and somber. But remember, the scripture says that if you do this, if you take communion unworthily, you ever wonder what that means? It's not about you, it's talking about if you take communion, not understanding what communion is all about. Keep the value in the communion in what the flesh means. Because as soon as you take it, not understanding what it means, you bring on yourself what it didn't. You're still living in that world. But there's a new world that comes through communion. Because of communion, there's a whole new. 
I'm not going to sing it. There's a whole new world. Where's the little kids? They know what this is. That That was supposed to be a Disney reference if you didn't catch it. All right, that's what I'm on the worship team. Okay, next. Look down at verse 19. And that's why I did that. This is to read verse 19 and 20. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter... What do we have? Say boldness. Therefore, brethren, because of... Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the... Uh-oh. Is that communion? So we just talked about the flesh, the body, and now we're talking about the, the blood. That's communion, flesh and blood. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood. Verse 20. By a what? New. And who's he talking to? He's talking to Jews that were under an old sacrificial law way of living. And he's telling the Hebrews, say Hebrews, that through the blood there's a new and living way. Man, I think that would be a great day. If, I, if we get to the point where we can actually start a church where we meet on Sunday, we, and the reason we don't meet on Sunday, if you ever ask why you don't have meet on Sunday, because if we met on Sunday we'd be limited to, you know, 10 to 30 people. Parker's Prairie's not real big. You know what I'm, saying? I'm not saying people, but we, we couldn't travel. We couldn't come to see you. I'm serious. We couldn't go. We would be, we, we, we're booked March and April solid. I mean, we're like tra- Wisconsin, South Dakota, Minneapolis. We, we love that. But if we were having to go, go home for a Sunday service, you know, but if we ever t- were able to start a, a fellowship on a Sunday morning, but see, since we do that, you know, I, I know you don't do this, but a lot of people, when they go to church, they go to church on Sunday and they sit there and they listen and they go home. They really didn't hear what was said and they just do what they normally do all week long anyway until they go to church again. It really hadn't affected them. I hate, that's just, you know, I, I know, I know you're, you're not, I'm talking about other churches. There's nobody in here that would dare do that to God's Word. I, the teaching here is too good. The, the Spirit's too strong. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get much response that way. Anyway. But it's saying because of communion there's a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His the flesh. This is my through His body He consecrated a new, say new say living say way what a great name for a church the church of the new and living way this is the New and Living Way Fellowship. Amen. You come here to what? Get a New and Living Way. Anyway. <laughs> so communion is more than just coming up and just eating the bread. and yeah. It's literally the remembrance that He through His body and His blood established a new covenant so you could have a new and living way that you could live in the presence of God while you walk on this earth and give Him glory. That's communion. That's only two or three. Who's ever's counting? All right. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. We shared this with a group of people up there, and they're just so excited to have communion next time. And uh, it will be a party. Does that make you sad? 
that God gave you a new and living way through the body and blood of Jesus Christ? I hope not. I hope that makes you want to go, yes! <laughs> Unless you like your old and dead way, stay in it. It's your choice. But God consecrated for you. Look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. This is going to hurt. That's all right. I like hurting. Inasmuch then as the children, say children. How many people are children of God? Raise your hand. Thank you. Have partaken of what? Communion. Is that communion? That's communion. Partaken of flesh and blood. He himself likewise shared in the same. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. And if you have any question about who we're talking about, I'm going to read the rest of the verse. <laughs> that is, then why are you blaming everything on the devil if he's been destroyed? Why are you wrapped up in warfare? Oops. Is there a warfare? Absolutely. Uh, but it's not with the devil. Did Jesus come and do what He said He was going to come and do? And what did this say through His communion, through flesh and blood in His death? Who was destroyed? Death. What happens when you're afraid of dying? The Bible tells us in the next verse. Let's keep reading. In as Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power. Who had the power over death? You know, we get this all the time. Well, I thought the devil was a thief that came to steal, kill, and destroy. You ever heard that one? Careful. That's another message. Like, thank you, honey. She's the field trip supervisor. <laughs> She's not going to let me take a trail that's going to... Sometimes the field trip supervisor gets overridden. <laughs> Had the power over this. That is the devil. Next. And release those who, through fear... Of death. What does fear of death cause? We're all their lifetime subject to. So if you've lived in religion fearful of death, you've been subject to the bondage of religion all your life. Just like the children of Israel were. They were fearful of death and didn't understand the peace of God. That's why 400 silent years in between the Old Testament and New Testament, the first message out of heaven was peace on earth. That's why he's known as the God of peace, and Jesus is the Prince of peace. That's why the kingdom of heaven on earth is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Because if you're scared of dying, you can be manipulated. Amen. You can be put in bondage. You'll end up being, why was a slave a slave? Why did a slave go through all they went through? Because they didn't want to die. 
They could have just died and been over with, but they were scared of dying. Why do you go through what you go through? Because you're scared of dying. You don't know that you can't die. See, when you realize you can't die no more, because death has been what? Destroyed because of communion. Yes. And the devil has lost all power in your life. Unless you give it back to him. Adam had that choice. Yeah, we won't go there. That's another rabbit trail. Let's go on. Romans chapter 7. No, Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. I'll just, I won't turn. It takes me too long to. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. Oh, we're doing real good on time. Look, I've got another hour. For he himself is our peace, who has made both. What? This almost sounds like the message is oneness. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall. Of separation. Now we're not going to talk about this because the, the field trip supervisor will raise up that flag and says don't go there. But walls are made out of stones. There was literally a wall in the temple that kept the Gentiles away from, they couldn't go any further closer to the, the they couldn't, Gentiles had to stay right there. But Jews could, that wall of separation it was called is taken out of the way. What are walls made out of? Stones. Stones. What was written engraved on stones? Law. Law. So go through script. See? Flag went up. <laughs> what had to be rolled out of the way of the, the tomb before, before life could come forth? Sometimes law has to come away from your heart before life to come out. What father will give his son a stone when he asks for bread? Mmm. Do your own Bible study on that. It's awesome. For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Next verse, or continue on. Having abolished, say abolished, in His flesh. Is that in His body? Yes, hold up the communion wafer again. Do this right now. Hold up the communion wafer. He has abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. If that doesn't make you want to jump up, shout, and pop balloons, and blow a little whoo, if that doesn't make you want to party, I don't know. Go back under the law. Go back to that old religious law-driven not good enough condemnation, death-ridden church he used to go to. Go ahead and go back to that way of thinking. But Jesus came to get those to repent. This is what the gospel is about. Amen. It's about a new way of living, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself what? One new man. See, that's, see it doesn't say one new human. This is a new man. A man has the Spirit of God in him. One of the same kind. Oh, so we can be one out of this one and out of this one. He's putting his Spirit in so we can be one with him because that has never been on earth. 
The devil didn't know you were coming. The devil didn't know that God was going to have children yeah. all over the planet living in his glory. Man, makes me want to preach sometimes. <laughs> Finish the verse. I get to having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in the order as to create in himself one new man from the two, making peace. You're only at peace when you're one with Him. Then you don't have a fearful of death. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 verse 4. We'll do this real quick. Therefore, my brethren... You also have become dead to the law. Are you seeing a pattern here? How have you become dead to the law? Everybody hold up that way for one more time. Oh! Now, what you don't know about the book of Romans, okay, put your hands down. Put, put Whitney, do this real quick for me. Put Romans chapter 1 verse 7. Romans is written to who? To Italians. I like that. But to Gentiles. Okay? Now, but it's also written, it says, to all who are in beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord. You got, you got to realize every time Paul said that, it's a death sentence. Don't ever take it for granted. Because in the Roman Empire, if you claimed anybody to be God and Lord other than Caesar, you were going to die. That's how serious he... Don't... We just read it, well, we're Americans, we can interpret... No. Bring it back into context. <coughs> context is more than just the verses above and below. It's the atmosphere, it's the culture, it's the history it was written in. Man, this is written to all the Gentiles. Now put Romans 7 verse 1. Now as he's speaking to all these people in Rome, or do you not... Yeah, or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who... See, there was a group of people called Jews that were amongst the... Roman Gentiles that knew the law. So in Romans chapter 7 verse 1, now he's going to be speaking specifically. All these people are listening that are Gentiles, but now he's going to speak to those that know the law. And who are those? Those are the Jews that were scattered abroad. Right? And he says, now for you that know the law, so this, this is the message of those that understand the law. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion. See, now there's, there was something in the law that the ones that knew the law referred to, but the Gentiles didn't understand what he's talking they didn't. They weren't under this thing that he's speaking of. But it's a concept that we and they needed to hear and understand. And this is it, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. Go ahead, next verse. And it goes through this thing, for a woman who, who has a husband is bound by the 
law. He wasn't telling the Gentiles this is the way it is. He was speaking to the Jews who understood the law and what the law said this is the way it is. And the law said this. That the law is a husband, but if the husband dies, she is released from the law uh, of her husband. So in other words, as long as you're married to someone, you're under that someone's law. But if that someone is to die, you're released from that law and can now be joined with another. Does everybody understand that? Amen? Amen? All right. So let's go over here. So as he's saying that, let's go to Romans chapter 4, verse 5. I could have, should have just kept on reading it. So then, if while her, oh, so then if her husband if while her husband lives, she marries another, she will be called an adulteress. For if her husband dies, she is free from that law so that she is no... <laughs> adulteress, though she has married another. Next verse. Therefore, my brethren... What? See, you can't say therefore unless you know what... Therefore, it's talking about. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law. Hold up that wafer. Oh, baby. You were married to the law. You were, uh, see, the Jews were married to the law. They were under this rules and regulations. As long as that law lived, they were stuck under it. But, oh, that. By the body. That's why Jesus had to come under the law and fulfill the law so he could die and we could be married to him. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ that you may be married to another, to him. See, you used, the Jews were married to Moses. You need to understand that. They're married to Moses. And Jesus came so they could be married to him. And you can only be married with someone that you are of the same kind. Oh, if you don't get that, that's salvation. When you get that, salvation will be in your heart. Therefore, my brethren, you have become dead to the law through the body, hold up that wafer, of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that you should bear what? What's the purpose of being married? Oh, that's a, hold up the flag, quick, hold up the flag. Hold, that's a rabbit trail. Yeah, that's a rabbit trail everybody would understand, especially Whitney and Israel. You know, to bear fruit. The bear fruit. You get married so you can bear fruit. The reason you're married with Christ is so you could, so you could produce the glory of God on this earth. So mo more of the same kind. Man, this, this is communion. I Colossians chapter 1. We'll close with this. This will be the last verse. And you know what that means? When a pastor says it's the last verse... That means absolutely nothing. <laughs> All right. Colossians chapter 1, I think verse 22. Man, I love the book of Colossians. 
Uh, we'll be here Wednesday, the next two Wednesdays, and even though I, I, I have some things to share, we may just have a free-for-all. You know, sometimes you just need a free-for-all. Walk in the park and play on that swing and slide on that slide and, you know, go on that teeter-totter and just have fun at the park. You ever just have fun at church, just talking about God's Word? You know, sometimes we get so stiff. In the what? Hold up that. In the body of his flesh through the death. Go back to verse 20. Verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth are things in heaven having made peace. Merry Christmas. Through the blood of His cross. Say the blood. Is that communion? That's communion. What did He do through communion of the blood? Made what? Every time you hold up the communion cup. Thank you for your peace. This makes me want to shout. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your what? In your mind. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. There's some in here, I am. There's some in here that are real thankful that when they do this, they can hear a thump now. Because a couple weeks ago, a couple months, they couldn't even hear a thump. You know what I'm saying, Sydney? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Simple little things make you shout, Hallelujah. I can hear a thump. You know. What's wrong with the rest of us? Okay, anyway, let's go. All right. I didn't say that out loud. Okay. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. How has he reconciled you? In the body of his flesh. Through the death to present, uh, th through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. And I got to stop right there. Every time you, anytime you hold up the flesh and the body of Christ in communion and do this, you can say, Thank you, Father for presenting me holy and blameless in your sight because of what you did, not because of the life that I live. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I am above reproach because the body and the blood and my faith in what you've done. Man, if that doesn't make you want to have a party, communion is all about the new covenant manifesting in your life to the point that His glory flows through you to affect the world around you. That is the gospel, that you be one with Him so He can marry you and produce fruit on this earth. Amen. Let's all stand up. Ten minutes over. <laughs> Father, we give you praise and we give you glory for what you're doing in our midst. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us the gospel. Thank you for bringing us a new covenant, a second, that the first has been set aside and the second has begun. Thank you that we can see you as Father. Man, look up here real quick. 
If you've never seen this, you need to see this. That Jesus was on the cross and He said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. See, as long as you see God as God, you'll always be a feel forsaken. Even Jesus did. The son of Adam, the offspring of Adam, saw God as God and felt forsaken. But a son of God saw him as father and was able to put his spirit. Are you able to put your spirit in his hands? You can't put it in God's hands because you're scared of God. But you need to experience the love of the Father. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing, for all that you've done. We praise you for the times that you've intervened in our life that we don't know that you intervened in. Thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. We humble ourselves. We, we come under. We come into. I thank you that we're seated in Christ in heavenly places far above principalities and powers. And Father, we promise to start doing and living a life that comes from you instead of doing things for you. May we come from you to this earth to bring your glory. May we find hell on earth and bring heaven to it. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Bless you. Greet somebody. Be friendly. Hug a neck. That's easy to do. Hi.